We'll continue with our health feature. Uh, Dr. Liana Ruet is a breast cancer specialist and general surgeon based at um, UCT Private Academic Hospital. And today we're talking breast cancer. Uh, Dr. Ruet, I know you're quite busy. Uh, thank you so much for your time and uh, understand that you've been able to get into an office now. Yes, I'm so sorry, Kathy. We're running between a lot of spaces, so apologies for that, but now we can talk. <laughs> no pro- no problem at all. And again, thank you so much for making the time to engage with our listeners today. Firstly, when it comes to breast cancer in South Africa, how prevalent is it? Kathy, so unfortunately, it's very prevalent. Um, I think um, if we look at the statistics... Depends on what you're reading, but we basically, I think most agree that we're looking at about one in every 13 women that would, um, you know, challenged by a breast cancer diagnosis within their lifetime. So that's very, very common. And if we look at international statistics, some countries even report of up to one in every eight women. So... Mm. What is it that women need to know about breast cancer? You know, I think I think a few key things is the first mm. is that the cancer is treatable, and I think that that horrible, scary thoughts, you know, the challenge of the big C, that people should not allow fear to keep them from seeking help. Um, I think that for me is always the most tragic when patients have been walking around with for very long and out of fear for this diagnosis never seek help and then by the time they, they get to help it, it is too late mm-hmm. so um, but it can be treated know that there's many things that can be done um, and, and you know no seek help when you are concerned about something are there different types of breast cancer Yes, absolutely. So there's um, when there's very di- there's different ways to classify. So we can look at the morphological classification of breast cancer. So that's basically just describing where the breast cancer starts in the breast. So the two most common types is what we call a ductal breast cancer or a lobular breast cancer. So either starting in the duct of the breast or in the lobules of the breast. But that is not as important as knowing what we sort of call the biological personality of the breast cancer. Mm -hmm. So that is basically um, whether it expresses estrogen, progesterone, or HER2 receptors, which really, really guide us in our modern treatment of breast cancer. So, and there's various subtypes, and and we absolutely try to visualize treatment according to this, what we call a biological personality of the cancer. Okay, so we're going to continue our conversation with Dr. Liana Ruet, who is a breast cancer specialist after the latest 11.30 news headlines with Udzile Sako. Thanks, Kathy. In the headlines, heavy rains in KwaZulu-Natal have claimed the life of a woman in Umlazi V-section in formal settlement south of Durban. The woman died early this morning when a wall of her home collapsed. A man from Phillipstown in the Northern Cape couldn't cast his vote in the by-elections as he was told that the Electoral Commission systems have declared him deceased. And 
ANC Deputy Secretary General Jesse Duarte and Treasurer General Paul Mashatile will brief the media at noon today on the latest developments in the governing party. This follows the meeting of the top six officials last night after the confirmation from the Hawks of Party Secretary General Ace Makashule's imminent arrest. Details at 12 o'clock. The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. It's just after 11.30. We continue with our health feature as we do on most Wednesdays for the final hour of the show. Today, we're taking a look at breast cancer. And Dr. Liana Ruet is a breast cancer specialist and a general surgeon. She's based at the UCT Private Academic Hospital. Of course, if you want uh, to interact with the doctor, you've got some specific questions to put to her. The number to use this morning is 011-714-2006. That's 011-714-2006. And the WhatsApp line is 0614-104-107. That WhatsApp line again, it's 0614-104-107. At SFM Radio, the hashtag is SFM Talking Point. Um, Dr. Ruet, of course, we were busy discussing then the different types of cancer and you've spoken about the classifications that um, you as doctors then would give once you've been able to, um, I suppose, uh, test a patient. Let's talk about the symptoms of breast cancer. Yes. Okay, so I think probably the most common symptom that people associate with breast cancer is a breast lump, mm. um, often found by patients themselves, um, and then uh, or sometimes identified um, on mammograms, you know, when people go for their screening mammograms, or sometimes detected by our provider that's doing a full clinical examination. Um, a little less common um, than the, the lump in the breast is actually a lump under the arm or a lump in the axilla where the glands are situated that drains the breast tissue. Um, sometimes patients can also present with skin changes. So we talk about an orange peel skin appearance where the skin appears, you know, that wrinkly little, almost like a little bit of cellulite type of, type of appearance or pocket from the inside as it is pulled from the inside by a mass. Um, you sometimes also get over the nipple area if you've got eczematous flaky, itchy skin. Mm-hmm. Um, if the patient doesn't have eczema anywhere else, that is definitely something to look out for. Um, and then what we call a pathological nipple discharge. So um, a patient presenting with a spontaneous discharge from a single duct. So it is not a nipple discharge that they express, but it comes out spontaneously. And often they would come complaining that the inside of their bra or their nightgown is stained with a bloody brown fluid mm, mm, mm. and you Those know the most common common symptoms i would say should one um seek out the help of a doctor after experiencing any single one of these uh, symptoms or do you need to take more than one on the list no absolutely any one of these symptoms mm. so um it's not thing that needs to be treated any one of these things should really make you pay close attention and trigger you to seek some healthcare advice. Do we know what causes breast cancer? 
Oh, you know, that's such a loaded question. <laughs> There's so many factors. I mm. think if we had to... If we had to divide it broadly, we could say that there's there's personal genetic and family factors Mm. um, on the one hand, and then on the other hand, there's environmental factors. So when we look at your family history or genetic risk factors, um, you would often find that people that's got a very strong family history of breast cancer do have to be more alert because there there is an associated increased risk for the development of breast cancer. Um, Often these patients be advised to do certain genetic tests to see if they have specific genetic abnormalities that can help us predict their risk for the development of breast cancer. When we look at factors that could contribute to the development of breast cancer. We, re- we look at your own personal medical history mm-hmm. and what's very important is, is we, we need to pay attention to your, specifically your gyne history. So what we call estrogen window, so your exposure to your natural estrogen when you started your period, when you went into menopause, whether you ever used external hormones, um, when you had children, that you breastfeed your children, all mm-hmm. of those things would be of interest to us. And then the last aspect or the, the environmental factors is of course factors. So um, poor diet, obesity, excessive use of alcohol, smoking, high stress, lack of sleep, you know, the usual suspects that's associated with the development of a lot of chronic diseases and mm. cancer. It's it's interesting because I, I read an article recently that said that it wasn't just women who are susceptible to breast cancer. Absolutely. I'm so glad because, you know, um, for, for sure the biggest risk factor for developing breast cancer is being a woman. Um, but men can also get breast cancer. These statistics look a whole lot better. It's only about one in a hundred men that would be affected by breast cancer. But but still, they also have tissue, similar processes that, that can drive the, the, the pathology. And um, treatment is very much the same as it is for a woman. Mm-hmm. But important for the guys out there to take note that any of those symptoms, the breast skin changes, they need to pay attention, they need to seek medical advice. So effectively, the way that breast cancer manifests itself is in women would be the same way that it manifests itself in men as well. Absolutely. So same thing. Breast lump, axillary lump, skin changes. Mm. What we find with men is often present much later than women because they're not, you know, paying so much attention to their breasts necessarily to these cancer talks like women we always pay attention when we hear that because we know we, we're at risk um, so sometimes sadly we find event late because they they don't they don't think they can get breast cancer or they just simply don't pay that much attention to that part of their bodies mm. so yeah, and should also keep their eyes open Mm. In a moment, we're going to get into the treatment of breast cancer. Before we do that, though, let me go to Anonymous, who's on the line. Anonymous, good morning. Good morning, Kathy. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Go ahead, sir. Uh, thank you, and good morning to your guest. Look, I have a young sister who has um, identified a lump on her breast, and um, that was two months ago. 
she's been going to the hospital, the private uh, public hospital in, in, in Polokwane. And they've identified that they need to operate and, uh, and take it out. But for the past two months that she's been going there, she's been turned away because there are no medical doctors. So now our fear is to say the more they delay, what are the effects? Uh, is, it not go- is it not just going to get worse as time goes? Because every week she goes uh, to the hospital twice and she's been turned back because there are no medical doctors. So that's the challenge that we are having now. So uh, can your guests perhaps assist uh, as to what we should do or what mm. we should expect? Dr. Root? Yeah, sure. Um, I think that is, I'm, I'm actually glad we're getting this call because I think this is such an important issue. And this is where healthcare advocacy again comes in. Unfortunately, what our what our listener is describing is the reality many of our South Africans trying, knowing that they need to start healthcare and then seeking it out. The services is simply not available. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think uh, the fact that you know that there's a lump, the fact that she's already been told that the lump needs to be removed, obviously uh, Dr. Ruet, um, um, I'm going to come yeah. in there and I'm going to ask the team just to call you back. That line seems to be deteriorating and I really want to make sure that Anonymous is able to hear the full answer uh, that you're giving to him in terms of the situation um, that him and his family are facing regarding his sister's diagnosis. So we'll take a quick break. I'm back with um, Dr. Ruet after this. The talking point and our health feature today, we're taking a look at breast cancer. Dr. Liana Ruet is our specialist for today. And uh, Dr. Ruet, you're responding to um, uh, a, a, a question from Anonymous, whose uh, little sister is being turned away um, from hospitals. They've discovered a lump. They've said uh, it must be removed, but um, it, it hasn't happened in the last couple of months. Yes. Yes, I'm so sorry the line is so bad, but um, basically what I was saying is that I'm, I'm so glad that we're getting this call because it's, I think it's so important that all our listeners are aware of this, this major healthcare challenge that so many of, our, of, of the South African population face. Is, um, and this is where healthcare advocacy and us continuously standing up for one another becomes so important. When a patient knows that they require help and simply can't access it with the systems that's in place. So um, the fact that she has a lump and the fact that they've already been told that this lump should probably remove, be removed is, is quite concerning. Um, I'm not sure exactly um, what other hospital options they have in the area, but I would, I would suggest that they keep on going back and keep demanding the care that, that she rightfully deserves, number one. Uh, the second thing that I could suggest that they perhaps do is to reach out to some of the, the many cancer and non-profit companies, many cancer NGOs that exist in our country. So um, the, the Breast Cancer Alliance, Breast Health Foundation, Cancer, um, I know all of them are operational um, in the, in Polokwane, in the you know in Gauteng, in those provinces, and perhaps they can help to facilitate um, 
appear elsewhere if she then can't access it in Polokwan itself. Um, but I think it's just so important for patients not to give up on themselves um, and to continue to, you know, really, really demand from the system what it promises them, which is care. Mm. What are the risk factors? Because I think Anonymous was also concerned about, um, you know, the risk factors of her um, not being able to have the surgery and it being postponed. Yes. So, um, you know, I'm not sure if she's actually had a biopsy done, but we usually say that when we have a breast cancer diagnosis, we would like to have an intervention, be it surgery or chemotherapy, at least within six weeks from the diagnosis. So the longer we wait, the longer, the more time actually passes. Um, Of course, the risk increase for this cancer to grow and also at the end of the day, the risk for the cancer to spread actually increases. Um, And then, you know, it's just psychologically also incredibly hard for patients to wait such a long time Mm. from the diagnosis to the intervention. Mm. Anonymous, is there any more that, that you want to ask the doctor before I let you go? Um, no, I think what we'll do is try to reach out to the cancer organizations, as she has suggested. I'm sure I should be able to find a few that are operational in Polokwane. Mm. And I, I appreciate the advice. We'll immediately get into that. Uh, thank you very much. All right. Okay. Thank you so much, Anonymous. Uh, thanks for that call. And remember, uh, the number to use this morning to dial in and, you know, uh, talk to Dr. Liana Ruert is 011-714-2006. Before we go to the WhatsApp voice notes, Dr. Ruert, I just want to talk about the treatment of breast cancer. I mean, is it a one-way road to surgery? No. So, you know, um, remember when we spoke about the the so-called biological personality of these different types of breast cancer, we have to remember that really each patient's treatment journey is unique and each one's journey is different. So patients should not compare their um, treatment protocol with another patient's because there may be very good reasons why it differs. In, In essence, the treatment of breast cancer, I always say, is a team sport. It's never just one thing that's going to happen. It's a combination of various treatment modalities, of which surgery is only one. That usually happens in combination with either endocrine therapy, chemotherapy, radiotherapy. So a a, a unique combination of these different modalities for each patient. Um, in most cases, a patient will require a type of surgery, be it a mastectomy or a lump removal, and this should be individualized um, for, on a patient-to-patient basis, depending on the, the, the patient's cancer and the patient's risk factors, um, etc. Et when it comes to those that are undergoing treatment for breast cancer, what is it that they need to know about the process? Well, I think the, the the biggest thing is to take a deep breath and mm-hmm. to know that this is really a journey that you have to take one day at a time. Um, it is a fairly long treatment process. On average, it's anything between three months to 12 months, sometimes even longer that the process takes um, to get through all the treatment modalities. 
But I think patients should really hold on to the fact that so many women go through this mm. um, every day and they do so incredibly bravely and courageously mm. and they actually get such amazing results if they persevere and if they just stick to it. Um, I think positive mindset is incredibly important, having a good support network and mm. then just really, really being kind to yourself, being kind to your body and looking after yourself during the process. Mm. Mm. It certainly sounds like it takes a lot of support um, around an individual who's going through this process uh, in order to also help them uh, to be able to 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 face uh, the the treatment and and I suppose just to keep the, their spirits up because a cancer diagnosis for for a lot of people is quite a heavy thing uh, to have to endure. Absolutely, absolutely, and I think you know when. Um, when a patient gets diagnosed with breast cancer, you mm. are often dealing with a mom, you're dealing with a wife, mm. you're dealing with an employee. So this woman's whole little circle and her whole world is being disrupted by this diagnosis. Um, so on, in each of these layers, we need people to step in, to offer support, mm. to help where we can. And I think it's important to remember it's often easier to help than what you think. It's as simple as offering to do a load of washing, cooking a meal, picking kids up from school, uh, accompanying her to her appointments. You know, uh, simple things can make a huge difference in, in making the journey easier. Yeah. Okay. I want to go to the WhatsApp uh, voice note line and um, I'm going to play you just some of the WhatsApp voice notes that our listeners are sending in at this hour. And if they have questions, you can just respond then to those questions. Afternoon, Kathy. She's saying one out of every 18 women can or infected by breast cancer at some point in their life. Where does she get those statistics and the effect? I feel like that's an overreach, the way she's talking about those statistics. We need government statistics that she can put on the table and show us. You know, you read statistics, malaria kills so many, breast cancer kills so many. If you follow those statistics, by the end of the day, we won't have people on earth. So I, I hope we can verify those statistics that she's talking about. Thanks a lot, Jay. Dr. Hello, Ritt? Prof. Um... Dr. Rudd? <coughs> Sorry. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you now. Go ahead. Yes, so, so somebody was querying the statistics. I think it's a very, very valid point that's being brought up. And I think this is what's so, so, so important. So for a very long time in South Africa, we actually did not have a cancer um, database. We are now, most of the academic, big academic centers are working very proactively and actively to actually set up proper cancer databases. Mm. So what we're dealing with in South Africa is, um, to the gentleman's point, is that a lot of our statistics actually differs from province to province. And we are concerned, we are definitely concerned about the quality of the statistics that we have because so many patients actually go undiagnosed or unreported. Um, so in some cases, there may be an overstatement of the statistics mm-hmm. and in some are understatement of the statistics. But it is something that finally is actually getting the attention that it needs and it is a priority in the cancer world to actually set up a proper cancer database. So what we are working with is estimates 
from academic centers, so individual centers, centers, and we're extrapolating from that. And then, of course, we're working a lot with international statistics as well, which is widely available in the international medical literature. So, so effectively, when it comes then to some of the figures, um, you would be working on figures that are based in terms of your own hospital and perhaps your, your province, uh, whereas, let's say, um, the Free State or Mpumalanga could have a different set of numbers? Absolutely, absolutely. So this is the, you know, this is also the challenge with siloed healthcare, you know, and provincial healthcare. It's actually the, the, the challenge to get us for all these data sets to properly talk to one another in inverted commas. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody is very aware of how important this is going forward um, in terms of planning care for our patients, advocating for care for our patients, and also reporting back on the results that we get um, with treating our patients. Oh yeah, it, it sounds like it. It would certainly prevent, uh, present rather a very complex situation because then, um, how does how does one begin with the approach in terms of um, the healthcare response if there isn't even clarity on the number of those in the community who might be facing breast cancer? Absolutely. So this is this is this is a it's a such an essential point, and I'm so mm-hmm. glad that it's actually being mentioned and and brought up again, where the advocacy and continuous talking about this and making sure that this is actually a priority for these things to be put into place, um, for people to think innovative uh, innovatively about how we can get the the information um, out there from the from the people to the people. Um, so, yes. Okay. All right. I'm going to take uh, more voice notes. Hello, Prof. Um, yeah, just from a research point of view, um, is there any way we could maybe access the South African data sets on breast cancer so that we can also maybe contribute towards um, research uh, in uh, breast cancer classification? Uh, you're speaking to uh, Dr. Afaraim Lambo, based at uh, Vets University. Thank you. Dr. Ruth? Hi, Dr. Ye. Hi, yes. So I think, again, coming back to the data sets, I think um, there is, uh, because of the Breast Interest Group of South Africa, um, is also working to getting the different breast centers in the country um, on a provincial level to actually try and combine data sets that being um, gathered from the different centers. Um, and I think once we can start doing comparative studies, that would be amazing, give us a lot of information. There is a lot of collaboration going on in sub-Saharan Africa mm-hmm. because we also know that our patient population perhaps presents slightly different and with certain slightly different biological subparts of cancer um, that need exploring because we are basing our treatment models on the first world, on the European guidelines, on the American guidelines. So a lot of people working hard to try and get an African profile for um, for our breast cancer patients. And that thankfully is, is now, you know, getting quite a bit of attention. Okay. Let me go to Anonymous who's on the line. Anonymous, good morning. Good morning, man. How are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm, I'm uh, fine. Go, go ahead, My, sir. I'm concerned about this issue. Thank you to the doctor. 
uh, I lost my wife on January over this uh, breast cancer. She struggled a lot, and uh, I was there for each any step. Then I was asking possibly the the, the people that are attending the treatment to have some establishment of uh, nearest hospital for the day because people from Limpopo, from Pumalanga, they were coming here at the seat. Academy, mm-hmm. Academy. Mm-hmm. People they are queuing overnight here yeah, for having a treatment of a stigma. Well, it may be just a stigma, but it may be expensive to, to, to establish. But when this thing is going to rotate, it will help a lot because people, others, they stay at the rural areas. Mm-hmm. They travel overnight for a chemo that took three hours. And then she has to travel again with the pain back to Nimbopo or Mpumalanga. The chemo is painful. We need a, a agent help. I I lost my wife over this. Mm. She attended the chemo. From the chemo, she lost friends. And over a month, she was no more. Yeah. Anonymous, I'm, I'm so sorry for your loss there. And and Dr. Ritt, Anonymous is really speaking to one of the issues that you touched on earlier, which is about access. Um, and, and he's raising the fact that there isn't treatment available for people uh, close to where they stay, especially um, for those who are coming from uh, rural areas or, or, or areas that are not necessarily connected to, to your metropoles. Yeah. I'm so sorry for, for your loss as well, Anonymous. This is a sad story that we hear too often in the cancer world, and, and it just breaks my heart. And I, and I think we are so aware that um, it, it's a huge challenge, the fact that a lot of our oncology services in the public health care mm-hmm. system is unfortunately centralized services. So they are only available at your big academic hospitals or at our tertiary-level hospitals. It is specialized care, um, therefore the, the, you know, a specialist is needed to administer the treatment, which brings about the challenge of how do we actually decentralize this care, how do we actually filter this care through to the community and bring it closer to the community. Mm. Um, you know, unfortunately, there is no easy solution to that problem, and I think this is where we rely very heavily on our cancer advocacy groups and on our cancer NGOs that try and assist with arranging proper transport of patients, trying to arrange overnight facilities um, for, for patients. But I think this just points again to the fact where, you know, healthcare, South African healthcare is an mm-hmm. ongoing advocacy issue where we need to say we cannot be cutting healthcare budgets because the need of our people for healthcare yeah. is enormous and what we are offering at the moment is not nearly good enough so we need to improve we can't cut back Um, and these are issues that that needs to be addressed Dr. Liana Root, I don't think um, it could be put any better than that. Uh, thank you so much for being part of our conversation uh, today. We've really appreciated having you on the show and also for just highlighting some of the issues in terms of health care and access, especially for women who are diagnosed with breast cancer. It's been a really insightful conversation. It's also 12 o'clock. This is where I wrap it up for today. Sakina Kamwendo is up next with the updated noon.